Hello and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. So hello folks and welcome to yet another episode from the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales forward. As always, I am joined by my esteemed colleague, Mr. Graham Jones, hello. Mr. Phil Jessen, and I'm Simon Hazeldean. And in this episode, we are talking about getting more sales using psychological Ownership. Now, as you would imagine, as this is a psychological topic, we will be going to Mr. Jones first. Graham, what on earth is psychological ownership, please? I thought you were going to say, because it's psychological, we're going to a mental person. Um, <laughs> so, so, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, psychological ownership is when you think you own it. So, something has happened, some transfer has happened to you where you think you own that product or service, but actually you've not yet paid for it. Okay, so it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a thinking yeah. process. You feel sense of... it's a sense of being part of that. Okay. So that the, then when you've got to hand it back to the salesperson, it's much more difficult to hand it back because you already feel as though it's connected to you in some way or another. So you see that in a very small way in shops retailers, clothes retailers that have changing rooms. Yes. So they're allowing you to try it on and feel what it's like as opposed to those shops that don't have changing rooms where you have to take it home and you're when you're in the shop you're kind of thinking, well, I can see, I can feel this is right, it's the right colour, I look right in the mirror. There's all of that kind of stuff. Now that doesn't last very long so the impact is short but actually you're already beginning to feel that you own it because you've tried it on. And so the classic classic example would be a car sales example where I might go for a test drive with the car and try it out. Yeah. And, and I've definitely had more than one car salesperson say something like, so Simon, can you see yourself driving yeah. this car? Which so you visualise yourself yeah, in it. Very, yeah. very, very. Yeah. But you were mentioning before we started recording that now other, other some garages will allow you to have the car for take it home for the weekend and drive it around and park it on your drive. So Mini did a recent campaign with that, taking people, you know, take the car, have it for the weekend. Then not only have you got some sense of ownership because you're driving it more than a half hour test drive, but your family like it because you've driven them around in it and suddenly everybody feels as though it's their car. So handing it back and not doing anything is very difficult at that point. So you increase your a rate of purchase because people feel attracted to this item, they feel it's part of them, it's much more difficult to hand the keys back for that car. One of the things good car salespeople will do is, you know, you're walking into their showroom, they've got all the cars inside in the showrooms, the doors are always open, and what will they do? They'll say, you're looking at the car, and they, they will come up to you and go, sit in it, sir, or madam. Yeah. yeah. And they want you to start feeling that you're already connected to the car. Uh, and so all of those kind of things you can do to make people feel they own something. I mean, it happened to me on, I don't know if I've told you this, but I've been on holiday, I've been on a cruise lately. Have you really? Yeah. You don't think you mentioned this? Did I not mention no. it? 
all posted about it on Facebook but, every day, yeah. making us all jealous <laughs> with how many restaurants you'd eaten it. So we, we had vicariously we had been on a cruise with You've you. You've been with yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. 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 Travelling around the Mediterranean <laughs> with me. Um, one of the things that happened on there was uh, I'm walking... I can't remember what deck five I think I was on here. Yeah. <laughs> I a big promenade of shops down the centre of the of the uh, ship, and the uh, there was this chap who'd got people walking on pieces of paper um, just for a few feet in front of him, and I thought well, that's odd. What is going on there? So I went to have a look, and he said, uh, "Would you like to have a go, sir?" And I, yeah, okay. So I walked. He had to take your shoes and socks off. Um, so you walk on this thing, and it's taking a footprint of you. But it's taken a footprint according to the pressure that you're putting on various parts of your toes and your, your your feet. And it then produces a map showing where all the pressure points are. And so he looks at these feet and he, he footprints and he said to me, um, you get pain in the side of your hip, don't you? And I, yeah, and you get pain in the back of your heel, don't you? And I said, yeah, you know, there are any minor little niggles. And he said, well, if you look at that, that's caused by you're putting too much pressure on this part of your foot, which means that part of your leg is compensating because of the way you're walking. And he said, um, uh, let me measure your feet. So he measured my feet. And he said, uh, what you need is, uh, I'll just put these inside your shoes. And he put some little plastic things inside my shoes. And he said, uh, just go for a walk. So I've now got these things in my shoes. And I go walking around the ship. And uh, come back to him a little while later, and he said, um, "Anything happen?" I went, "Well, my heel's not hurting." Suddenly, the the little tension in the back of my heel had gone completely, and he said, "Any pain in your hip?" "No, nothing." And uh, he said, "Well, you know, the, that that's what's happening. It's just changing the position of your foot, so that you can walk." So now I'd experienced these things. I felt better as a result of the things. Psychologically, I'm connected to these things. So uh, I said, can I buy these from you then? He said, yeah, sure. So now I'm already asking him, can I buy them? I have no idea how much they cost. I'm already convinced I need them because I've experienced them giving me a benefit. Value, so very, value first, then price, yeah. folks listening in. Very difficult for me to say no. Yeah. And then, so he told me that they were $199 for the pair. Um, and I said, that's fine, I'll buy them. And I said, how many pairs will I need throughout my lifetime? He said, no, that's 199 for your life. These will last forever. Yeah, unless I drop one over the side of the ship one day. Yeah, from deck five. From deck five. Yeah. Well, actually, you can't from deck five. You've got to be on deck four to drop it over the side of Isn't the ship. Isn't it becoming such a yeah. bore? <laughs> on this issue. Or deck 11 Cruise. or deck 12. Welcome to carry on cruising. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> so, but slightly, other uh, ships are available. Right? <laughs> um, but So he's now told me that this product is going to last forever. So $199 forever is not very much and so I'm now psychologically connected to this because he's allowed me to experience the value and the benefit I get from it and, and told me that the value is you know a lifetime value because almost you, you're allowing the customer to convince themselves of the value I mean it's been around a long time it was an old closing technique the puppy dog closure yeah. you know, get the customer to do a trial or a test or something you know they've, whether, whether it was true, it was named after the story of, you know, a, a couple considering getting a puppy. They've got two children. 
and the pet shop owner, they couldn't decide, and he said, well, why don't you take the puppy home for the weekend, and if you don't like it, bring it back on Monday. Obviously, working on the assumption that kids fall in love with the dog yeah. over, the, over the weekend, and whether that's a true story or not, who, who knows? But the principle there of sampling, pilots, yeah. test driving, trying things out, you'll see a lot of... LinkedIn, for example, will offer you your first month of LinkedIn premium for free. Try it out. Lots of... the online resources the crucial things about those that succeed are they give you the full product so you're experiencing the whole thing whereas other people give you a cut down version so they say you can have a trial that will last you forever if you want but you're only getting the cut down version and their assumption is that people will be jealous of all the extra features that other people are getting that they're not getting mm-hmm. and then they will buy. But jealousy is often not a motivation to buy. And so the, the real motivation to buy is having it removed from you. So that we don't want to add things. We purchase, we're more likely to purchase something if something is taken away yeah. rather than added. And so if you give people the whole thing, but then at the end of 30 days you take it away from them, not only have they got that psychological ownership because they've experienced the whole thing, they don't want it taken away from them. Is there a risk for some of our listeners that where they feel they are heavily differentiated, top of the tree, premium product, premium price, if they, quote, give it away, so to speak, doesn't that actually devalue the sort of elite market position that they've been seeking? Well, it does if they say to people they're giving it away. But if they're telling people you can experience this product, you can have this product, uh, and if you don't like it, then you don't have to keep it. That's not giving it away, that's just giving people the opportunity to experience it. If you want to buy a Ferrari at £300,000 to add to the other five Ferraris you've got, Phil, then if you <laughs> if you want to buy that Ferrari at £300,000, yeah, they're not going to say to you, no, you can't do a test drive. They're going to encourage you to do a long test drive, to experience the car. But they're not going to give it to me for the week, are they? Well, I don't, I don't know. I reckon Ferrari would. I reckon they probably would for give a, you extended trials. For a well-qualified prospect. Yeah. I mean, they're, yeah. not, they're not going to be letting any, any person... So maybe around. that's the point, then, the well-qualified. Yeah, I think so. And I think also it's how you describe it. It's not necessarily saying, I'm going to give it you free for a month. It's yeah. they're going to allow you to test it for a month. Yeah. So again, yeah, there is the danger of it seen as free... You mm. can seem as though you're devaluing it. Yeah. So maybe it's about the language you would, you would use. I think I think I'm I'm thinking of devaluing it, but also I mean I'm not a golfer, but I, I imagine that if a company was manufacturing golf clubs, and you know I'll just pick a figure, you know three thousand pounds worth of golf mm. clubs, they're not going to give somebody three thousand pounds worth of golf clubs to play with because if they come back, they're no longer three thousand pounds worth of golf clubs and. You know, uh, would, would that golf club manufacturer end up with a warehouse full of partially used I mean, I think you kit? Do, you do have to. You do have to. I think do some thinking around the lifetime value of customers. So what a what a what an average customer lifetime value is due to you, and then consider what's your cost of acquisition of that lifetime yeah. customer, and think about could you use psychological ownership as part of that? You might find a way to do it. For example, more cheaply than you're doing it at the moment, because allowing them psychological ownership may improve your closing ratio. So I think you know, it's going and it's going and testing. It's going and testing these things. I mean, I think if I if I recall correctly, my mobile phone network um, 
offered when you signed a contract six months of Netflix. This is about five or six years ago, free of charge. Or well, they actually said six months of Netflix worth whatever the Netflix thing was. Yeah. It was it said value that comes with the package. And that certainly worked, because after six months of using Netflix, the last thing I wanted to do was to cancel. Well, you know, and so Netflix must have, I mean, a relatively new company, but they probably worked out their, their cancellation rate or what lifetime value, which would be quite significant, you know. And it also, this concept also reminds me of the concept of risk reversal, which, if I'm correct, I think was popularised by the American marketing guy, Jay Abraham, who said, take all the risk on yourself as the seller yeah. and make it absolutely risk-free for the customer. So if you don't like it, take a year. If you, if you don't like it, after a year, send it back to us. Whatever, we won't, things like, you know, we won't even ask you the reason why. We'll yeah. just accept the fact. So it's, as well, I think the psychological ownership also is de-risking the purchase for the customer to a degree yeah. as well, because, hey, if you don't try it, and if you don't like it, you don't like it. Well, off, IKEA so. are very good at this, or should we say IKEA? Um, but they're very good because you can take anything back uh, a year after you bought it. So yeah, it's available for you to take back, even if you've built it. Yeah. So if it's furniture you've built and used for a year, you can still take it back and get your money back. Yeah. And th the chances of, uh, I guess, a few people will do that, but the chances of people having used something for a year and then going to IKEA and saying, yeah, actually, we don't like it, even though IKEA will give you your money back, yeah. the chances of that happening are very low. And so it's more the, trouble than it's worth. It's quite, yeah, because you go and screw the wardrobes and all of that from the wall. So they're reducing the risk because you look at that and you go, whereas if they'd given you, say, 14 days to take it back, you, they're going to get a lot of returns in those yeah. 14 days, whereas you give people... So um, Zappos, the online shoe store, does the same. You can take it back. They have 365 days, yeah. But if you bought it on a if you bought it on the 29th of February in a leap year, you take it back on the send the shoes back the next 29th of February four years later. Excellent, nice, nice little, yeah. nice so, little quirk. So people yeah. can wear shoes for a year and send them back. And so the but the chances of people doing that it means you're reducing the risk. And by the time you've worn those shoes for a month or two, you own them. You psychologically, you're yeah. connected to them. You don't want to send them back. And in your cruising world, I seem to remember you went on a, a two-day trial cruise. No, my wife not? did. Your wife yeah. did. Yeah, so she's had more cruises than me. Because she did the original trial version. She did, did trial cruises. <laughs> and that convinced no, the family to... currently looking at uh, what cruises I can do that she can't come on ah. uh, because, you know, she's got more points than me now and that's not... And, uh, and my son, who is still on the ship, is going to have more points than all of us and that's not right. Not so that it's an issue for you. Not right? that it's an issue for me. The, so Jones, the Jones family cruise envy. I sometimes, if I mention this concept to clients, I've had the pushback sometimes where they'll say, oh, if everybody sends it back, we'll be bankrupt. And, and you, I, I look at it, analyse it, study it, don't reject it out of hand because, I mean, I guess you could be listening to this thinking, well, I don't see how this, I can't relate to these examples. Yeah, what if, what if somebody listening in says, well, I can't relate to these examples. They, you've not so, given me any for my yeah. industry. So what, what if you are, I don't know, selling products to the agricultural sector? Yes. You know, and you're, you're selling, I don't know, oil to farmers, something like that. Then how, how are you going to do that? Well, that's about lining things up so that such that your internal processes kick in a bit later. So something like they can start using your lubricants mm. now, but actually you're not going to place the order for another month. 
So they've got used to the benefit of your service, they've got used to the benefit of your company, they've got used to your products being better than the, the competition, they've got used to all those things after a month, or you could even do it three months. You know, and By that time, yeah, you don't actually start the order process until that time. Now, okay, some people will rip you off and you'll lose those, but the lifetime value of those you gain yeah. is gonna be significant. I mean, if you if you currently your industry or your business doesn't do this sort of stuff, maybe that's a great thing. If your area of business, you might be the first, but you might be the trailblazer. It's yeah. an opportunity, it, isn't it? Yeah, it's an opportunity to have a look. You may have to take some calculated risks, but I think if you monitor, <clears throat> do your numbers, qualify the prospects carefully. We're not allowing everyone to take the Ferrari out for a full week's test drive. We're taking well qualified prospects to allow to take yeah. the Ferrari for the full for the full for the full test drive. It's not just throwing money around willy nilly. You know, this is a considered sales and marketing tactic that can be. Yeah. That can be no, I, I like it. I'm uh, I'm going to um, support Graham's view on this one and uh, just make a point of avoiding deck five. Avoiding well, <laughs> <like laughs> <it's laughs> Graham. Well, you will also bump onto me on deck four. In those funky new shoes. Or not shoes, are they? Your shoe supports. So. Deck 15. I don't know about you, our wonderful listeners, but we're now talking about the decks of cruise ships. I think this topic is finished. So, psychological ownership, action point. Think about how you might be able to increase the sense of psychological ownership. Certainly work for Graham and his family with the cruising. Um, that's that's without a shadow we've, of a doubt. We've sunk to new decks. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. This is Simon Hazeldean, Phil Jesson and Graham Jones. Saleschatshow.com, driving your sales success forward. Uh, go to the saleschatshow.com website. A whole ton of other episodes. And I think there is only, I'm sure one other episode where the topic of cruising is mentioned i promise you thank you very much for listening in good luck and good selling folks you have been listening to an episode of the sales chat show to stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success please visit saleschatshow.com thank you very much for listening to this episode and from everyone here at the sales chat show we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling (laughs) 